Money FM 89.3, the best of your money. Market View on Money FM 89.3. A very good morning to you. It's me, Danko, with you on Your Money. And now let's get you up to speed with what's happening in the markets. Asia-Pacific stocks are trading lower this morning with Korea down underwater 0.72%. Australia is down by 1.02%. And Japan is underwater by 1.08%. Now, stocks on Wall Street continued its broader sell-off during its regular trading session last night as recession fears weighed on investor sentiment in a losing year. The Dow Jones Industrial Average lost one. to finish the session at 32,876 points. The S&P 500 fell 1.2% to close off at 3,783 points. And the Nasdaq Composite dropped 1.35% to settle at 10,213 points. All three major averages are headed towards their worst years since 2008 and the Dow has lost about 9.5% while the S&P shed 20.6%. Meanwhile, the Nasdaq is the worst performer that is down 34.7% as investors dumped growth stocks. The 11 sectors of the S&P 500 suffered a lot during the regular trading session and that's dragged down by energy companies and some notable decliners in the energy sector include EQT, which slumped about 7.8% and APA, which fell about 5.2%. The losses also came alongside falling prices for West Texas Intermediate and Brent Crude, as well as natural gas. Data released yesterday also showed that the Federal Reserve's aggressive tightening policy has taken a toll on the housing market. The U.S. pending home sales fell for a sixth consecutive month in November to the second lowest on record. Borrowing costs have also roughly doubled since the start of the year and home sales have been declining for months. For today though, traders are expecting the latest data on weekly jobless claims just before the bell. Thank you so much for that, Dan. Hope you're doing well this Thursday morning. Let's shift our attention slightly to China's COVID situation. And we are seeing many countries around the world stepping up their COVID testing measures after China's pivot from its COVID zero policy. Dan, give me a quick run through. Is China's reopening leading to other countries restricting entry? Mm, Certainly a concerning case we're seeing here. You know, countries across the globe are slowly implementing or considering measures to test or restrict travelers from China as the country of about 1.4 billion abandons its COVID-0 policy. So this also comes against the backdrop of hospitals and all across China, this continuing to be overwhelmed by the explosion of COVID cases, which have hit the elderly especially hard. The winter surge also comes ahead of the next month's Lunar New Year holidays, for which we are expecting hundreds of millions of people to travel to their hometowns and, you know, to reunite with their relatives as well. China is also rapidly dismantling its stringent pandemic measures in the face of the discontent with COVID rules that has been triggering outbreaks across the city. And uncertainty over the true scale of the infections without reliable official figures is also fueling concerns that the rapid spread of the virus could lead to the emergence of new variants. In fact, you know, just recently, the US officials said that the government has raised questions about the transparency of data China is reporting about the spread of the virus. And even earlier this week, Japanese Prime Minister Fumio Kishida said there are great 
discrepancies in information that's coming out of the country. And that obviously is feeling concerns. But I suppose many countries across the world are still a little open to China's uh, reopening of its economy. But they are also stepping up to announce a few measures that were put in place for people traveling from China to their country. So mm. Japan, they moved quickly yesterday to announce steps requiring a negative COVID-19 test upon arrival. So you can see that this is a huge move by them because I would say that when they travel over to Japan and US, you know, that we could expect a lot of variants to emerge if, let's say, not enough measures are put in place. Mm. And in fact, the US and Italy also announced mandatory COVID-19 testing for travelers from China as Beijing's sudden abandon of the tough measures to contain the virus have been causing a lot of jitters around the world. Citing the need to protect Americans' health, the US Data for Disease Control and Prevention announced that from January 5th, all travellers that are originating in China will have to provide a new negative COVID test to airlines just before they depart. And Japan will also require negative COVID-19 test results upon arrival. And... Malaysia is also imposing new tracking and surveillance measures as well. Well, but back at home here in Singapore, we're not exactly seeing the same yet. Yet, as of now, because according to the Ministry of Health, at this juncture, they believe that, quote unquote, the prevailing border measures and vaccination requirements for travelers and work pass holders arriving from China remains unchanged and they don't see the need to follow up like what other countries are doing as well. However, the Singapore's health ministry also stated that it is regularly reviewing and updating the country's border measures that's based on the global COVID-19 situation and will adjust their border health measures as appropriate should the need arise. Yep, certainly something we'll be keeping a lookout for in terms of news of Singapore reacting. The rest of the world is reacting. And as you mentioned, Italy is one of the countries. And I caught this article, Italian health authorities will begin testing all arrivals from China for COVID mm. after almost half of the passengers on two flights to Milan were found to have the virus. So not to be fear-mongering or anything like that, but it is worrying the numbers that are coming out. And as we talked about previously, Previously on this show, we seem to be moving away from the pandemic. So I think it's better to keep your guard up in this instance and just be careful with the whole situation because there's no reason to bring trouble upon yourself almost as the world tries to move on from the pandemic, right? Yeah, exactly. I mean, especially so since most of the countries around the world has, I would say, more or less kind of gotten the COVID situation under control. I wouldn't say necessarily zero, but you know, to have China open up like that with such a huge population moving out of the country mm. into the world, this is definitely going to cause a ripple effect. Exactly. And, you know, the COVID situation. And the arise. numbers of travellers are going to be in their troves because we talk about revenge travelling. Mm. They have been cooped up, for the lack of a better word, for the past three years. So they're going to want to jump on a plane and go see the world. So I think the least the rest of the world can do is put their guard up slightly. Let's move it on to the FTX saga that is continuing to give us new headlines. And in the latest build-up, we've got some evidence that caught the SEC's attention. Dan, what can you tell us? Yes, according to the Securities and Exchange Commission, you know, of the billions of dollars in customer deposits that disappeared from FTX, $200 million was used to fund investments in two companies. Mm. And through its FTX Ventures unit, the crypto firm in March invested $100 million in Dave. And that's a fintech company that had gone public about two months earlier through a special purpose acquisition company. At the time, the companies said that they would, quote-unquote, 
work together to expand the digital assets ecosystem. And, you know, the other deal the SEC appears to have referenced was another $100 million investment round in September for Miston Labs, and that's a Web3 company. So in total, there was about $300 million worth of funding round that valued Miston at about $2 billion, and that included participation from Coinbase Ventures, Binance Labs, and Andreessen Horowitz Cryptos Fund. Mm. So while FTX Ventures has dozens of transactions, the Miston Labs and Dave Investments were the only two disclosed investments of $100 million. And neither of the companies have been linked to any alleged wrongdoing within Bankman Freed's empire because they stated that it's important to establish the fact that they were unaware of the misuse of the funds as well. So the current investments appears to be the first identified examples of customer money being used by FTX and Bankman Freed for venture funding. And as investigators and FTX lawyers attempt to retrace the outflow of FTX funds, this identified investments and others in the $5 billion venture pool is very likely to attract heavy scrutiny. And explicitly linking the $200 million investment to customer money, the SEC has raised the possibility that there will be prospects for clawbacks. So if FTX bankruptcy trustees can establish that the client money funded Bankman Freed's investments, they could likely pursue the recovery of those funds as part of an effort to retrieve the customer assets as well. Certainly a story. We'll be keeping a close eye on Money FM 89.39. For just joining us, good morning. It is Thursday and it is Market View. Dan Cole bringing us up to speed with everything we need to know with regards to the market. Then let's now turn our attention to the energy sector, where we're seeing ExxonMobil responding to the EU's new windfall tax against oil groups. Dan, could you break down the details for us and why are they so upset about this even after gaining record profits this year? Mm, that's right. ExxonMobil, they are suing the EU in a push to eliminate a new windfall tax against oil groups. And their argument is that the bloc does not have legal authority to impose the levy. The lawsuit is a major response to the tax from the oil industry. And it's like what you've mentioned, they've reaped record profits this year as Western governments, you know, they've been trying to sort to bring down skyrocketing consumer energy bills that's following the Russia's invasion of Ukraine. The action is likely to jeopardize the tax, which would raise billions to bring down consumer energy costs, which is also one of the drivers for, for inflation. So according to a spokesperson, the tax is counterproductive and would quote-unquote undermine investor confidence, discourage investment and increase reliance on imported energy and fuel products. Exxon CFO Kathy Michels also told investors that recently the windfall taxes could cost the company at least $2 billion through the end of next year. The estimate would depend on a country-by-country implementation of specific legislation. And, you know, this call comes against the backdrop of Exxon's recent re-entering of the top 10 biggest companies in the S&P 500 and is on track for its best year ever. You know, the oil giant said that it's been pouring about $3 billion into large refining projects and they added that the projects are also expected to help deliver more energy products at a time where Europe struggles to reduce its imports from Russia. Chevron Corp also warned that, you know, taxing oil production is likely to only serve to reduce energy supply by discouraging company investments. So this is, I would say, a very hard skill to balance. But I guess we'll have to keep an eye out on it and to see how the story develops. Yep, certainly. Thank you so much for giving us the lowdown on that. Then bringing it back home, we are currently about... 
20 minutes into the local trading day. And last week, the Straits Times Index closed higher by 0.02% to end at 3,266 points. Dan, how is the STI performing today? Mm, things doesn't look so good here in Singapore as well. Like much of the region, Singapore, the Straits Times Index is performing down and it's underwater by 0.47%. Mm. It's currently trading at 3,251 points. As you know, Money FM 89.3 will keep you up to speed with those numbers throughout the day, so do keep it here with us. Now we're going to wrap Market View up with our favourite segment, Up or Down. And listeners, it's your time to play along. I'll be picking a stock or a topic. You'll be guessing together with Dan whether it's an up or down. Dan, are you ready? Let's do this. In at number one, Capital Land Investment. Capital Land Investment. I'm going to go with an up for this one. That's because the wholly owned subsidiary of CLI and its joint venture partner have agreed to divest its international tech pun Hinjawadi to Clint for 13.5 billion rupees. That's about slightly more than 220 million Singapore dollars. And according to its trustees manager, the Clint's acquisition would represent a yield equitative opportunity as well as provide significant operational advantages. So this is going to be an up for me. Okay, in at number two, HR Net Group. HR Net Group. This one's going to be an up for me as well because HR Net Group's, HR Net Group's branch in Taiwan has secured a capital injection of about $1 million and that's wow. along with a recruitment license for its expansion into Kaohsiung, its 15th city of operation. And they said that the $1 million in its share capital had already been injected by the company and the money is being used to fund increased working capital requirements of its subsidiary, Recruit First Taiwan, and its branches in Taipei and Kaohsiung. Okay, and finally, latest Singapore savings bond. Latest Singapore savings bonds. I'm a little bit mixed on this one, but I'm, I guess I'm going to go with an up for this okay. as well. That's because, you know, this, um, the SSB that's allotted yesterday were marginally oversubscribed mm. with investors applying for up to $172,500 being fully allotted in an issuance that offers less attractive yields. Now, if you compare to the previous months, right, these, this tranche of SSBs to be issued in January next year is offering a first-year and 10-year average return of 25 and 3.26% respectively. And that's actually lower than the corresponding 3.26% and 3.47% offered for the December tranche. So I'm still going to go with up for this one because it shows that there's demand and people are still applying for SSBs. There you have it, up or down, done and dusted with Danco. Danco, thank you so much for your time on Market View this morning. Thanks, Roshan. It was good fun. All right, listeners, I hope you enjoyed that one. If you missed it, don't worry. It'll be available on Omni or Spotify. All you have to do is search for your money. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg. Or download our audio app. That's A W E D I O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.